Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And John Ramos and a lot of explosions going on. We are Fox Sports! Steve DeSager's going to be here. What a way to start a Friday. Maybe Johnny Jonas has been smoking the ganja on this 420. Hey, you know, hey, John, I didn't know if you, uh, yeah, by the way, shout out to all you losers, I mean, potheads who are out there just walking that green wolf. Talk it up, man. Shampooing that hippie lettuce you got. You know what I mean. Yeah, man. Smoke it out, man. Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully on this 420, my neighbors will take today off. To not have my oh, backyard man. smell, yeah, atrocious. I smelt weed coming off people at the treadmill in the gym this morning. Like I could smell, I could smell them sweating out marijuana on the treadmill. It was disgusting. Honest to God, 
the first time I ever smelled marijuana was in college, and I thought someone had bad gas. Like, <laughs> that's a true story. Yeah. Did not understand so bad that apparently clouds of smoke were coming from their room. But no, that's that was the smell that it that when it first hit my nostrils, we're like, whoa. What was that for lunch? Yeah, and uh, that's that's why I was I was really really kind of disappointed that John did smoke weed today because I mean does he have to be so trendy? I mean John just had to smoke a bowl right before he walked into the studio. It's ridiculous. Oh, uh, John, what what was it? A certain strain? The different? Uh, what kind of? Uh, I like to keep the bulbs in. Oh, the bulbs in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I thought there was yeah, maybe like right. a nickname for it. You yeah, know, Green, something like walking that Green Wolf, John. Huh? Like. Lush Beowulf is oh, what I call oh, it. Oh, Beowulf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Nice. Bark it out, man. Uh, nice. On this 420, we continue the numbers game as the Philadelphia 76ers are up 2-1 in the NBA playoffs, beating the Miami Heat last night by 20 points. And talk about rush to judgments, Jonas. This 76ers team has everyone running up and down the aisles for a variety of reasons, whether it be they want to jump on the bandwagon and find that this team is this team is the next team that we are going to see dominate the NBA's Eastern Conference, or maybe after a game two loss, just too young, this team just doesn't have it. Heck, Dwayne Wade, the old veteran, could come in and stop it. That is a roller coaster ride with the Philadelphia 76ers, and it's really been like that if you think about it, even in their down years, because it was, is the process going to work? Is the process not going to work? And we make these snap judgments on this team, and last night was no different when they end up pulling away from the Miami Heat, outscoring 32-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter, and now we're looking at the Philadelphia 76ers as this unstoppable force in the Eastern Trust Conference. Process. Well, I think it just comes with being a young team. Because there's times you watch Philadelphia and you can tell that they're a young team. Just some of the decisions they make. There's like They'll make plays, and it's like, what are you doing, man? But then they're so talented and so gifted that if they just – lock in for a small amount of time, they pull away and it's easy. I mean, it's not even close. Think about it. Hassan Whiteside is a $100 million player in the NBA, and he is getting outplayed all game long by a dude in a welder's mask, okay? <laughs> like, who hasn't played in weeks. And Hassan Whiteside is a, an irrelevant fact. He's turned in to Tristan Thompson in this series, like Tristan Thompson did in the finals last year, to where against this team – you just you can't play, and he's a hundred million dollar, uh, hundred million dollar player in the NBA, and he's just irrelevant in this series. So you see it at times where Philadelphia is just so like they just have the better players, and and there are times where they get in these little dips. Um, you saw it in in game two to where they lit it up early, and then all of a sudden the second quarter came out, and they were like, uh oh, uh, now what do we do? And it's like, oh, you, you got to keep doing that over. You got to do that times four. And it's like they're, you can see them getting better and better and getting uh, Joel Embiid for his first playoff game was outstanding. You can see them getting better and better and better, but they are a young team. There are roller coasters right now, but my God, they're talented. Let, let's look forward. Let, let's take a look forward. We're also going to take a look back at the Sixers because the process is, such, is a term that we use, but I'm not sure many people are understanding what the process actually was. And I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about it. But as you look forward to this G- team, Jonas, and whether it be in the 2018 playoffs or years on, the question is, is this now going to be the benchmark for other teams in the conference to go after? Whether it be a, a team that's combined with a healthy Joel Embiid and, 
and in an improving Ben Simmons, and you have these other parts. I mean, J.J. Reddick's not going to be there for the next 10 years, but this Philadelphia 76er team, at least last night, makes people think this is now going to be a 10-year run for Philadelphia. And I just, I think that Philadelphia is there. I just am not so sure that it's going to be as dominating as people make it out to be. One of the reasons, I think, is just because the East is a way more competitive and we're so used to the East being a one-team conference that I think now the competition for Philadelphia, whether it be Boston, whether it be the Wizards, whether it be Milwaukee, and I know those last two teams don't sound like huge matches for Philadelphia, but if certain pieces are added and through time, they could be better, they could be tougher, tougher outs. I think just the East as a whole is going to be tougher, so Philadelphia won't be able to dominate the next 10 seasons. One of the uh, narratives that I never understand in sports is when you get a team that's really young and they've got a lot of talent and a lot of ability, the thinking is, well, this isn't really their year. It's really all about next year and beyond because, man, once they get it rolling, I mean, they're a young team now. They're really going to get smoking. You know, you as a Seahawks fan, I'm sure you heard a lot of that. With The first year they won the Super Bowl it was like, Man, I mean, they're really talented. They could do it this year, but I don't know. There's a lot of tough teams out there, and, you know, you got the Packers and all these. Uh, yeah, but but don't worry. They're going to be good down the road. And little did you realize, no, it was that year, and you never won another one. What you re- what you realize, too, is that the year in, in the Seahawks-specific example is when they lost to the Falcons in the playoffs when Russell Wilson was a rookie, that that was one of your shots. Yeah. You think of that at the time as so this is this is just great. Who cares about this? Yeah. I and mean, even if we do, we've got so many years of success that you don't take that run at that present time as a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl. And it happens for heck college teams. You know, when when a college football team has just tons of sophomores and juniors, and you think, oh gosh, next year when everybody is a year older, they're going to be unbeatable, yet they're in contention that year. No, that's the year that you have to take advantage of it. Yeah, there's not like a, it's not like a, a step-by-step process. You know, it, it, This isn't an escalator. It's stairs. Unless you move your feet, you're not doing anything. You're just going to stand still. And so for the Philadelphia 76ers fans and for analysts, and I even heard the guys on TNT, Charles Barkley, and then we're talking about it. Man, for the next 10 years, these guys are going to be a nightmare. If I were the Philadelphia 76ers and their fan base, I'd get that out of my head in a hurry because you will not find a more vulnerable Eastern Conference for the next 10 years than the one you got now because Cleveland's not very good, regardless of what anybody says. They've got LeBron James and nobody else. Boston is too banged up. Their two best players are out, and you don't know what you're going to be able to depend on when it comes to Boston. And Toronto's a head case at times in the postseason. They've looked good so far, but those guys have had a track record of disappearing, and I'm not so certain that Philadelphia isn't better right now and more talented than Toronto. So if I'm a 76ers fan, F the next 10 years, F this process or whatever that dumb catchphrase is, and I would focus on getting there this year because there's no guarantees you're getting back, especially you of all organizations know dealing with injuries within that franchise, you got to strike while you can. Yeah, the injuries are a big part, and Charles Barkley brought up a point that, trust me, I know full well that in 2014 that the 76ers lucked into Joel Embiid. And when you look at the process and you look at how everything plays out, looking back at that time, the Sixers were so lucky. So when you talk about the process, the main ingredient in the process is luck when you really look at it. In 2014, when the Sixers got Joel Embiid, they got Joel Embiid with the third overall pick. When heading into the draft lottery, they actually had the second best chance of winning the first overall pick. 
Well, let's say they win, get the first overall pick. The Sixers take Andrew Wiggins. Let's say they don't win the lottery and just stay status quo. Then they take Jabari Parker. Let's just say Joel Embiid stays healthy and doesn't break his foot before the NBA draft. Well, Joel Embiid goes number one to either Cleveland, who won the lottery that year, or Milwaukee if things stay status quo. There were so many things during that time, and as you looked at the time, you're like, oh, well, the Sixers are just settling for Joel Embiid. If you had to redo the draft now for for the difficulties that Wiggins has had early in the playoffs, Jabari Parker's now had two ACLs, it's a no-brainer that Joel Embiid would, would be the first overall pick or the guy that you would want on your team, even with his injury history, Jonas. And the Sixers actually lucked into that in so many ways. So it's not it's not all about stinking and, and, and sucking all of these years. A lot has to go your way. You've got to have the, the, the chips fall right. You have to be in a draft where there's a marquee player, just like the Spurs had when Tim Duncan was there or they were able to get Ben Simmons. A lot has to go right when you're picking at the top of the draft. And, and the Sixers, the process, a lot of it, a decent amount of it is luck. Oh, of course. Like, there's so many bounces. If you were to go back and look at any team that's won a championship, you just go through some of the games where they got a bounce here or a break there. The Patriots beating the Falcons two years ago in the Super Bowl. The Amendola or the uh, Julian Edelman catch. Um, the the decision, uh, the drop. Pa- there's another drop pass. There was Matt Ryan getting sacked. There, like, there's so many little things that took place to get you to that point to where. I mean, a couple like if Brady catches that pass out of the backfield in the Super Bowl, how does that change the game? Where the ball's on his on his fingertips and he drops it. Like, there's so many things. Like that wasn't Philadelphia making a defensive play. That was Tom Brady making a mistake. Philadelphia got totally burned in that play. You don't know how that could have impacted it moving forward. Like, there's so many things that go into a team making a run, or or getting you know having good fortune. Like Markel Fultz. That was a giant mistake, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. You traded away multiple picks to move up two spots to take a guy who shot free throws like a T-Rex for six months. That's a terrible mistake. It ter- he, he Right now, Markel Fultz is the biggest bust number one pick outside of Anthony Bennett in recent years, and that's a fact, and you're going to get away with it based on the fact that other things fell your way in other drafts, and you can kind of hide him on the bench right now until he proves that he can actually play consistently in the NFL or in the NBA. Like, so, so don't tell me, ah, this was, this was all the plan all the way along. Give me a break. The plan was J.J. Redick to sign a one-year yeah, contract. Right. Okay, yeah. all right. Do the same thing with the undrafted free agents that they were able to sign. T.J. McConnell coming in from Arizona. I know that Sam Hinkie loved Robert Covington, Entering the draft didn't take him. He ended up going to the Rockets first, but in the end, he ends up going to Philadelphia. Those are undervalued guys that Philadelphia hit on. So when you talk about the process, it's not about tanking and being awful and then just getting a bunch of top picks. It's also trading with the Magic to get Sharich instead of holding on to Alfred Payton. There's a lot that went with it. So when tanking comes up, Jonas, in the Philadelphia 76ers and how the NBA needs to to change – they're, they're not the same. It's not correlated in the, in the process. And, heck, we see it on all of the TV screens, people, as the process worked. Understand what the process really is first before determining whether it works or whether it doesn't. And as we started out saying, who knows if the process is going to last for the next 10 years. The jury is still out on that considering – how things can change in the NBA, especially with the free agent crop over the next couple of it's years. It's always the one thing that, that I, I find so comical when people go, man, you know, look at the uh, look at Belichick, man. They really know how to evaluate talent, you know. Found Tom Brady in the sixth round. Okay. 
passed on him five times. Go ahead, look look over that draft class from the Patriots and find me somebody else that you even know who they are outside of Tom Brady, okay? But that's considered a good draft class because Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, but you whiffed every other pick. So there's so many things that got to go your way. Bill, we should, take, we should take Tom Brady in the fourth. Hold on. He's still going to be there. Well, they, hold you know, on. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, you know. Hold on, Dan. But uh, remember, Bill Polian, you know, Bill Polian, who knows more than everybody. Bill Polian stinks. Bill Polian, who knows more than everybody, he's the guy who said, well, you know, I had a first-round grade on Tom Brady. Okay. Sure, Bill. Uh, sure. Okay. It's just People are so full of crap. Trust the process. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joining us now, as we are now less than a week away from the NFL Draft, Super Bowl winning coach and analyst for the NFL Network, Brian Billick, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Coach, thanks so much for coming on. Glad to be here. Crazy, uh, you know, it's always a busy April for the NFL but last night we had the schedule release. What does a head coach look for when the NFL releases the schedule in mid-April? It's exciting because now it's real. I mean, we get the schedule. Next week we, we get to finish out our roster with the draft choices. So now, at least for me, this was the time when, when the, the 2018 season became real. Uh, what I'm looking for in a schedule, what kind of pacing is it? Is it, got, is it even with home and away, home and away? Where do I have that tough stretch on the road? Uh, what are my uh, primetime games, whether it's a Monday night, whether it's a Thursday night, just to be able to kind of determine what kind of pacing I need in practice. Uh, Coach, so give us an idea as to what this is like. So as Dan mentioned, we're about a week out from the NFL draft. As, as a coach, as somebody who's worked in several different organizations, what is this week leading up to the draft like? How much more evaluations do you make? Are you guys setting up your draft board? Take us into what that's like. Yeah, well, you're, you know, it's the proverbial crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Obviously, the, the vast majority of work has been done. Uh, Ozzie Newsom, who I had the privilege of working with in Baltimore, one of the all-time greats. Uh, at this point, uh, it's a little bit of cross-checking. Ozzie would, would put together a couple combinations of players and maybe take a scout from a different area, a coach from a different position, and say, hey, I want you two to – maybe it's the DB coach and, and, and a scout from the southeast region. They want you to look at a wide receiver in the Pacific Northwest. Just uh, that next set of eyes, that outside perspective uh, to kind of round out uh, where you wanted to have your board. You'll solidify your board early in the week, probably have your owner in, uh, maybe on Tuesday or Wednesday to go over to board, have them look at some players that, uh, you know, some players that you're taking off the board due to, to uh, whether it's on the field or off the field issues that you want to make sure the owner knows, look, this is why when you hear this guy's name and you look up here, this is why this guy is not there. So you're just kind of finishing everything off as you get ready. And obviously the last thing you're going to do is touch base with all the other teams in the league in the way that you do just in case there's some trade possibilities. Brian Billick joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Byer in for Doug today. When do the voices get trimmed? When instead of hearing from eight or nine different people, do you only listen to maybe yours or, or Ozzie Newsom's, Newsom's? When does that end up trimming down? Yeah, that was kind of interesting, at least for Ozzie and I. I could tell, and, and I viewed my role, because Ozzie was so firmly in control of the draft, um, was to just kind of prod questions. You know, not so much say, well, I like this guy or that guy, because that's tough then for a scout or an assistant coach to disagree with you. 
So I was tend to more, I, I would pepper with questions. I'd go with Ozzy or I'd go to our, our uh, personnel people and say, well, tell me about this guy. Well, boy, I looked at film of this guy, and I, I didn't like the way he did so-and-so, just to see if I could get a response. But I could tell it was usually about Monday uh, of the week that uh, uh, I'd walk into Ozzy's office, and I could, he'd give me that look that says, okay, enough. All right, I got enough things going on. I've heard enough. I think I'm ready to go, unless this is really important. You know, we're let, let's let's be done with this conversation. Is there a player that, looking back on Brian Billick with this year, Super Bowl champion head coach, also with uh, the NFL Network here on Fox Sports Radio, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb, is there a player that maybe you guys uh, thought was going to be there later on that you might have passed on that you look back and go, damn, we should have grabbed him while he was there? Oh gosh, there's any number of players that that uh, that you look at, particularly in hindsight, thinking, boy, if we'd have just made that kind of move. Um, I'll kind of give you one in reverse, one of the great players that likely could end up in the Hall of Fame that we ended up with, Terrell Suggs, that we thought no way were we going to get Terrell. I remember when we were going through our readings, that's where the coaches and scouts sit and, and basically read the reports and all the players, and we were honing in on the top end of the draft, and, and I remember Terrell Suggs' name coming up, and, and Ozzy saying, well, we don't need to spend a lot of time with this guy. We were picking 10th, I think, and it's, there's no way he falls to us at 10. So let's just let's get through this because we didn't think there was any way he was going to fall. Well, there was any number of reasons that things uh, turned out the way they did. We got into a quarterback back and forth. Jacksonville ended up taking Byler and Leftwich, and, uh, and Minnesota jumps in, and all of a sudden there's Terrell Suggs sitting in 10. And, and we end up with, with Terrell Suggs, and then we move on very quickly because we then had the 19th pick in the draft, and we were scrambling around maybe looking for a quarterback, and it wasn't until the dust settled that we realized, my God, we just got Terrell Suggs, which obviously turned out to be a great pick. <laughs> Brian Billick joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. When you're looking at quarterbacks, I mean, with this group that we've had this year, we have looked at every possible space, hand size, uh, on-field knowledge, 40 everything has been thrown in to try to decipher who out of these five or six quarterbacks is really one through six. What did you look at when trying to determine whether you were going to take a quarterback or not? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because unlike another position, most other positions, you can pretty much quantify the physical and mental attributes they need to be good. And, and you're not going to be wrong too much or too, too, too dramatically, particularly in the first round. Certainly they're capable of some busts, but, but it's a lot easier to quantify. For a quarterback, it's totally different because there's no one set of attributes that make a great quarterback. If, if we were to sit and and discuss who are the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. Between us, we'd probably come up with, what, 13 names, 14 names? And then we're to go back and list the attribute that made them great, that made them Hall of Fame, whether it was the quick release of a Dan Marino, the ability to move on his feet in and around the pocket like a Joe Montana, the pure mechanics of a Warren Moon, um, you know, the arm strength of a, of a, a Troy Aikman. I mean, there, there's different attributes and things that made each of these guys unique to them spectacular. And so that's really when you look at these quarterbacks we're talking about, and we have a lot of them, they all have the physical and mental skills. looks like there's no reason they shouldn't be good quarterbacks in the NFL. But I'm looking at what is that one thing that's going to make this guy stand out and be a franchise quarterback. Were there negatives? Something that you said, okay, I can't have that. Like on the flip side, instead of something like, I have to have this, was there anything where you're like, Okay, well, I can't have this in a quarterback. There's always going to be the qualifier, you know, and, and if you're talking about a guy in the first round, 
you've pretty much removed that. He's got to check off all the boxes. You can't have too many well butts when you're talking about taking quarterback in the first round. Later on, that's fine. Because every quarterback that's later than the first is going to have something. Maybe he's not quite as big. Maybe he doesn't have quite the arm strength. Maybe he doesn't have quite the accuracy. But if you're talking about a top 10, top 15 pick, you better check off all the boxes. Now, there are going to be concerns. You look at these guys, and across the board, every single one of them has something that you kind of go, oh, boy, I wish this were a little bit better. But you, you look at it, and in their totality, you think, no, he's good enough. Uh, and why Darnold, Allen, Rosen, maybe even Mayfield, you know, it's real quick, easy. Are they a franchise quarterback or not? Don't nitpick it. Don't try to dissect it. They're either a franchise quarterback or they're not. And if they're not, you got no business picking them in the first round. Um, Coach, there's of the top four quarterbacks that are available in this draft, so let's say Josh Allen, Rosen, Darnold, and Mayfield, each one has their knock. Josh Allen, it's the accuracy. Rosen, it's the attitude. With Mayfield, it's the size. And with Sam Darnold, some people talked about his delivery and whatnot. Of those quarterbacks, which is the one flaw that you absolutely can't live with as a coach, whether it be attitude, accuracy, which one could you not live with? This is the tough one for me because I love everything about Josh Allen's game, the quarterback out of Wyoming. He's got franchise elite talent, uh, size, he's got character, he's got that drive, but his completion percentage scares the hell out of me. Um, You don't get more accurate in the NFL. and This is a sub-60% guy. And, and again, what are they doing? They're dismissing the completion percentage because the receiving core around him at Wyoming. We did that with Kyle Bowler when we took him with the 19th pick uh, out of Cal, and it was a mistake because the completion percentage was an issue. So as much as I like Josh Allen, that completion percentage really scares me. Brian Billick, NFL Network analyst and Super Bowl winning head coach, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks in part to X-Tech shoulder pads. Coach, tell us a little bit about these new edge shoulder pads. Well, where's the game right now? We're taking the helmet. We're taking the head out of the game, as we should. The new rules were no lowering or leading with the head, and that's the way it should be to protect our athletes. Well, what does that mean? It means you, your shoulder pads better be elite. Uh, uh, unfortunately, they haven't changed in 40 years till now. X-Tech pads is the way to go. Uh, they've got the XRD technology, which is basically an impact dispersion of foam that's like no other pad on the market. 29 NFL teams, over 300 colleges. We just talked about the quarterbacks. Josh Rosen and Josh Allen both wear the X-Tech pads. They're in programs like Michigan, UCLA, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, if you're in the market for pads, particularly for young players, high school players and younger, go to Instagram, at X-Tech pads. You can see the demo there, or go to xtechpads.com. Use that promo code DRAFT at xtechpads.com for 10% off your pad offer and order. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. And, yeah, enjoy next week. We know it's going to be a dandy. We'll do it. Brian Bellick. Joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Cavs face the uh, Pacers tonight in the NBA playoffs. Something to look forward to. A series that is tied up at a game apiece. Cavaliers get a Game 2 victory. And I don't want to say just barely, Jonas. But the way that LeBron started and then to have the Pacers be within striking distance at the end. They're actually up six, and the Pacers hit a late three to make it a three-point game. The fact of the matter is Cleveland tried to deliver a bunch of haymakers, specifically LeBron, early in that game, and the Pacers were still able to come back in it and make it a competitive game, and so now they're tied up at one apiece. And there was a piece by Brian Windhorst today on ESPN 
And, and to summarize at least one part of it, it was, is this Cavaliers team the worst team that LeBron has been on since the Cavaliers have had success? So really dating back to 2007. And does LeBron have more on his plate than he has ever had before in the NBA? And and I think when you're looking at the situation, there's ways to answer the the questions like, oh, yeah, he's got way more on his plate because maybe he's not getting enough help from Larry Nance or Jordan Clarkson or, or Kevin Love. But I don't even think that that's a part of the, the conversation anymore. It's one thing when LeBron is drafted on a team and they're trying to develop and they reach new heights. This doesn't feel anything remotely close to what LeBron had in 2007. So while you're trying to draw parallels to best or worst team, how they are constructed were just completely different, and I don't even think it's fair for as much as you want to praise LeBron or try to talk about what a great job he is doing, because of the situations, I don't even think it's fair to compare the two situations because one was natural and this one here is just completely manufactured with bad ideas. I mean, I'm surprised a guy who has followed LeBron and, and followed the Cavs organization growing up in Ohio, I'm surprised that Brian Windhorst uh, is so late to the news because didn't you hear, Dan? Um, they got better when they made all those trades. You know, like they were better team all of a sudden, you know, because Larry Nance and Rodney Hood is greater than a bunch of guys who were either MVPs or won championships or were in the playoffs multiple times. That's everything we heard, Dan. We were on the air when it happened, and all I kept hearing was, man, credit the Cavs for getting better with all these <laughs> hey, trades. I think okay. Jonas is doing the Dan invitation because I didn't think at the time when they went on that three-game win no. streak that maybe, hey, it did work out. That maybe Cleveland did improve, but it, in the long it, run, it didn't happen. It wasn't you, Dan. I would never do that to you. It's everybody else at the network that I'm calling <laughs> out uh, for saying that, and other networks as well, too. It just made no sense to me. I'm watch, You watch the Cavs, and it's like outside of LeBron James, they got nothing. And I keep thinking to myself, man, you know who would be really, really good right now for them? Probably Dwayne Wade with that output he put together in Game 2. That probably would have helped them a lot. Uh, oh, but you traded him. And then I'm um, looking around. I'm like, hey, you know, Jay Crowder, but not a bad defender. And, you know, probably would have helped out. But never mind. You got Rodney Hood and all these guys. Like, and who's responsible for these trades being made? Like, there was a there was a process. Okay, not the 76ers process. The process was Kyrie Irving wanted away from LeBron James. So you made a trade. Then those group of players, they couldn't work with LeBron James. So you made another trade. And now Brian Windhorst is saying... He's got nothing around him. Whose fault is that? At some point, isn't it? It isn't his fault that he has nothing around him. Like, don't we hold him somewhat responsible? Yeah, it's, it's, process. it's a it's a roller coaster as you're going up, and then now as they're going down, you're seeing the same things, but you're going in a different direction. So the surrounding cast is is may not be at the level that LeBron wanted it, but yeah, to to your point of he's the one that wanted these decisions. He's the one. If you're bringing in Dwayne Wade. You're bringing in Dwayne Wade, not for the 82 games in the regular Bingo. season. You're bringing him in for the two months from April to yep. June. And, and and that's just one of the many moves. I mean, Derek Rose, the Cavaliers were going to make the playoffs anyway. Why other moves were made at that time to maybe energize? Maybe it was just the, the chemistry or it seemed that the chemistry was just so bad in the locker room for so many reasons, but there was a complete overhaul. I just don't think that he should get credit for what he is doing now comparing it to what he did in 2007 because he did carry that team to the NBA Finals in that season, and they were a much better defensive team. 
night and day. They were one of the top defensive teams in the NBA at that time. Now they're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. So it's just it's just not fair to compare. And it's funny to me, Jonas, to look at it because everything is in my mind is coming full circle for LeBron. Starts out in Cleveland. Okay, now this run could end. Well, how did it end the first time? 2010 playoffs, they get ousted in what? The Eastern Conference semifinals? Yeah. If they end up making it even that far, it's not going to be like LeBron is going to leave after a finals run. I don't think that that's going to happen. Talk about the chemistry issues and the drama. Remember Delonte West in 2010 yeah. and all the stories that came there? What look stories what, are you referring to, Dan? Look at, look at all everything that has come out this past season. You talk about the supporting cast. Like, all of this stuff is revisited again to LeBron James, which made him leave in the first place. So when I see all of these things happen and you try to look to LeBron's future, which I know we, we talk about you know every day, it seems like, and where's LeBron going to go next? But all of these things, history is repeating itself in, in one way or another for the Cavs. And in this history, if it's going to repeat, it's not going to end well for them. And and LeBron has always been a guy who, when it comes to off-the-court matters and social issues and things like that, he's always been about how can he set a tone for the players after him? You know, how can he and, – and it really is. Like he's done he, – like, we, we can all be critical of LeBron James and how he set the NBA up for what it has now become where teams are are forming super teams and all this stuff and players are signing short-term deals and keeping teams waiting to see whether or not they're going to commit long-term. And there's a lot of criticism that comes with that, and people point fingers at LeBron James. On the flip side of that, if we want to be critical of him for that, you got to give him credit because free agency period in the NBA has been outstanding the past two years. Mm-hmm. It has been so much fun, and the back and forth and the social media stuff has been so much fun, and LeBron James has set the league up for all of that, and you give him credit because it's made it that much more exciting, and it has closed a gap, whatever the gap you think it is, to the NFL. But at the same time, for a guy who's all about, let me think about the future and what the future is going to be like for players, that dude doesn't give a rip about the franchise he's with and their future. Not even close. Because if he did care about the franchise he's with and their future, then he would have accepted a trade and been gone and let them set up their future. As it stands now, the Cavaliers are going to be a diaper fire when he leaves. They've got nobody on that team, and they're going to go back to what it was when he departed from Miami the first time. Well, Dan Gilbert more than bent over backwards to try to bring a championship. The amount that they are paying in luxury taxes is absurd. And all of those moves, Jonas none of which are for the long-term health. There isn't one move on that team except the trade for the first, for the first-round pick for Isaiah Th- or in the Isaiah Thomas-Kyrie Irving deal yeah. that set up this team for the long-term. I mean, even, even when you look at, at the Rodney Hood, Larry Nance, like Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson ends up being a guy who was pretty good for the Lakers when they stunk. And that's like that's yeah. what he ends up being. Larry Nance, maybe a, a nice role player. Rodney Hood hasn't lived up to the expectation. But even if those guys stay around in Cleveland for the long term, it's not like you're sitting there saying, "Well, we've got Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, and Rodney Hood plus a first round pick." Like that's none of this. The only thing that Cleveland got in the long term was that first overall pick. And Dan Gilbert, I thought at least as part of the deal at the time with the Kyrie trade, was that they got the first rounder being like, okay, I need to at least get something back to start building for the future. And Cody Altman uh, doing the same. 
But, man, it has been all in every single season because you don't want to waste a season. We we touched on it with the Sixers earlier. You don't want to waste a season, and you don't want to waste a season with LeBron. But, wow, what a cost it cost the Sixers. Yeah, when, the price when, it cost the Sixers. When you're constantly in win-now mode, you know, like <laughs> – you ever you ever worked for tips before, like worked in a restaurant or something? It tricks your mind into thinking that you always have money. So you're constantly chasing the tip, and you're constantly chasing. That's not a weird. And you're constantly thinking about your next shift. If you go out of town, I'll don't worry about it. I'll make money the next time around. All of a sudden, you don't have that restaurant job anymore, and the constant ca- cash flow coming in, and you got to wait two weeks for your paycheck. You're looking around going, okay, whoa, now I can't afford this right now. I can't afford that. I've got to wait to get paid. You've got to rechange how you, psychologically how you view your spending habits. And it's like with LeBron James, to your point, and you brought this up before the show, when you're constantly in spend now, win now mode, now all of a sudden you can't. Like you're looking around going, hey, where'd everybody go? <laughs> There's no fans here. We don't have anybody. Oh, but it's Larry Nance night here. So uh, for all you 400 <laughs> people that came out, come come celebrate with us. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. After 15 years in the NBA and now covering the sport for Fox Sports and Fox Sports Radio. Olden Polonese joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Olden. Happy playoffs. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, we, are, we are doing well. We know how well the Philadelphia 76ers are doing and the Pelicans and the Warriors and the Rockets. <laughs> Who's been most impressive? And not even you could take one of those teams or you could take someone else, but in this first week of the playoffs that we've had, almost full week, most impressive team so far for you is who? Um, it's couple teams. I would say Toronto with how they've handled business um, as opposed to what they've done in the past. But probably out of everybody, you know, you know, everybody's like the favorites and all that. Um, I know, you know, I'm sure you guys spoke about, you know, Cleveland and splitting with Indiana, but the Utah Jazz, there's something about them that really, you know, they're like one of those teams, you know, do you really want to face them? Kind of like Miami in the in the East. Do you really want to face them in a seven game series? And so, you know, I think they one of the biggest surprises. You know, the fact that they went into Oklahoma City and split with them. Very young team. You know, they got a stud in Donovan Mitchell, and it's just it's just been surprising to me. I think you know it was like a perfect um, match for Ricky Rubio ending up there. You know, that's his pace, his style of play. As, as compared to when he was in Minnesota. So I think everything is clicking for them, and they got a great young coach in Quinn Snyder. So they are probably my biggest surprise right now. Uh, Olden Polonies with us here on Fox Sports Radio. I normally wouldn't open up my first question asking about a guy who's averaging under four points a game. Okay, but I'm going to because you're a fellow big man. Maybe you can explain what the hell has happened to Hassan Whiteside in Miami. <laughs> Same thing that happened. That has happened to um, Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. <laughs> These guys, I think the pressures get to them, or maybe they're doing some extracurricular activities before the games. I don't know what it is. And I, I'm dumbfounded right now. But I do think with Hassan, his thing is, is Embiid and the whole 76 team. I think they, they're in his head right now. You know, evidence by him stepping on uh, part of um, Embiid's mask. It's like, what is wrong with this guy? They they have him rattled right now. Holden Polonese joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. You mentioned Embiid. Does that make what he did last night even more special in his playoff debut? 
Oh, it does. And I knew that was going to happen. You know, they were like, oh, he's he's out, he's out. We're not going to clear him. As soon as they lost the home quarter Spanish, oh, he, he's doubtful. And then later on in the day, he's playing. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. You know, plus, you know, his comment didn't hurt any. You know, letting them know, hey, I don't want to be babied anymore. But this guy, you know, I said it during the draft, you know, four years ago. He was the next coming of Akeem Olajuwon, and they got a steal at the number four pick, you know, because he was a number one pick. So and that, they ended up getting him at the, at the fourth spot. So, and we were talking about this earlier on the show, Olden Polony's with us here on Fox Sports Radio, about if you're Philadelphia, I know the talk is, well, you know, for the next 10 years, they're set up for success. But looking around the Eastern Conference, I mean, Boston is dealing with injuries. Cleveland's not the same. You've got Toronto to me, couldn't you make the case that, that this would be the year if you're a Sixers fan, you want them to make a run because there's no guarantees you're going to get back to this point? There, there's never any guarantees unless you're the Golden State Warriors, pretty much. But, oh, Cleveland, for that matter, up until this year. But um, with that team, they do have a bright future. I do like the, the way everything's set up. And they did something that's never been done before. They actually... You know, with the whole tanking and everything, they they were able to not only get the players and Brett Brown to buy into this, because Brett came from, you know, the Spurs organization. They also got the fans to buy into it. To where they're like, okay, you know, we're going to spend our money while you guys lose and set up, and now they're reaping the rewards of everything. So everybody trusted the process, and it's, it's except for, you know, who? <laughs> um, Mr. Hinky, he's the only one not reaping any rewards from all this. And he started it. <laughs> and, I, and isn't Embiid's personality a, a big help to this? You know, and I was because I was trying to think of, you know, Philadelphia has had some great sports stars, but those sports stars have also, like, been heavily criticized for even, even when they're on top of their game, Olden. But I think Embiid's personality seems so different that he's almost endeared himself, if that's possible, to the Philadelphia faithful. Does, does that yeah. happen with a player that doesn't have his personality? It, it, it doesn't happen unless you have that kind of personality, but you have to be able to back it up with your play. What I like about him, he's a you know he's jovial and he's very open, which is rare for athletes to be very open and honest with their comments. And so, to me, that's what I really like about him. You know, like when he made the comment about, I wish they would you know effing stop babying me. But that was that was beautiful to hear that from an athlete. And, you know, that's how he is. You know, he trolls guys in the league. He trolls Hassan Whiteside all the time and different teams. You know, like the comment he made about, you know, we're not here to make friends. I love that stuff. What do you make of Rajon Rondo's performance? Now he's been dubbed uh, Playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo. He's just it's 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 a different guy, and you've seen it now back to back years. He was he was injured in the series against Boston last year's, but they are dominating that backcourt of McCollum and um, Damian Lillard, and he looks fantastic. What do you make of Rondo? You know what? I was I'm not surprised by them, you know, winning games. I'm just surprised how poorly. Damian Lillard has played and the whole Portland team. I, I, I kind of thought, you know, like they were evenly matched to a certain extent, but I thought it would be a better, you know, series than it's been. But Rondo has been the difference. Yeah, we're going to talk about Drew Holiday, you know, two-way guy. But Rondo keeps everybody in tune to what's happening. He is one of the smartest players that I've, I've ever seen play basketball. You know, he gets criticism, you know, he gets moody and temperamental, but at the end of the day, when he's on that floor, 
he, he he's he's cerebral beyond belief. And to me, he's as he goes, so does that team. Olden Polity's joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Bayer. We're in for Doug and the Doug Gottlieb Show today. Three games of the playoffs tonight, including Cavaliers-Pacers. Who feels best about what happened in Game 2 heading into tonight's Game 3? Is it the Cavaliers because they got the win or the Pacers because they were able to weather that early start from LeBron? Uh, the Pacers, of course. I mean, they, they got a split. All they got to do now is hold home court advantage. That's it. They got the split. All the pressure's on Cleveland. You know, so we've been anybody that's watched basketball throughout the year, they've seen that Indiana has played like that throughout the year. So this is not anything new. But it took a forty six point game from LeBron for them to win that game. Now, can he do that for the next three games? I'm not sure. But I'm sure they got you know, Nate McMillan's gonna make adjustments and everything else. But again, they have home advantage and they play much better at home than they do on the road Olden from a guy who played in last one for me a guy who played in the league for as long as you did can you tell just by watching a team that they're well coached just by watching them on television oh definitely okay. yes so, you can tell you see how Boston plays you know the attention to details uh, that's the difference right now with them and, and the Wizards because it's like you can see the discombobulation on the Wizards' part. And that a lot of that has to do with coaching. Because at the end of the day, you still have to be able to... The mat- I, I, I always criticize Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson always had, like, the greatest players. But his biggest strength was managing those egos to where he let catch winners and everybody else do the X's and O's. But that's a major component of being a great coach is managing egos and managing personalities. Some of these guys are able to do it, and some are not. You know, Brad Stevens is one of those guys. Dwayne Casey's a guy that can manage egos and still do X's and O's. So those are great coaches. And, Olden, before we let you go and start the weekend, let's talk some LeVar Ball. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, let's not. Let's not. You know, I have not spoken. He who shall be nameless, I have not said his name. Uh, hey, enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the weekend and uh, have a good one. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Olden Bolognese. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.